0: Hi guys, Rob here, podcast editor for EveryMind. Returning to work is a daunting thought for some. So founder Paul and head of HR Zoe give us five tips on how to make the return to work a smooth transition. This is an insight on some of the great work that EveryMind at Work does. And if you think EveryMind at Work could help your business, then head over to everymindatwork.com. If you found this episode valuable, don't forget to share with a friend and leave us a review on iTunes. As ever, enjoy the show so good afternoon everyone welcome to today's session thank you all for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us on today's webinar where we're going to be talking about returning to the workplace five ways hr can minimize employee anxiety so it's a very big topic and equally it sounds seems like a very popular topic obviously something that a lot of you are kind of managing at the moment so we hope that we can bring a lot of value to you today um so I'm joined by Zoe, we're going to do our introductions in just a moment, but before we do start, can I just get a yes in the chat box, if you can hear me okay, and you can see me and Zoe and the slides. Lots of yeses coming in now, which is amazing to see. We've got a lot of people on today, Zoe, how are you feeling? Nervous. Yeah,
1: excited, nice to see excited. everyone.
0: Yeah, we've got, we've got almost, we've got over 200 people now, guys, amazing to see. So over awesome. 200 people. Um, live with us now to talk about obviously what seems like a, a very important subject. So like I say, thank you for taking the time out today's session and we want this to be extremely valuable for you as well. So why are we talking about this today? In a recent poll undertaken by the CIPD, it was found that 44% of employees are anxious about returning to the workplace. Um, there's a big part of me, I don't know about you Zoe, that feels like that statistic could be a lot higher, you know, whenever we're talking about statistics of mental health. We're also talking yeah. about this, the stigma, right? And how many people are going to be open about feeling anxious about returning to work. But it's a, a huge, huge topic that we're going to be discussing today and sharing with you five ways that you can help your employees too. So leading today's session um, is, is myself, Paul, the founder of Every Mind at Work. I'm also someone who is a, a mental health speaker. I've been sharing my own personal story of mental health for the last four or five years in and outside of the workplace sharing quite openly about my dad's suicide and how that impacted me. And the big reason why I started every mind and we do these sessions is to try and help those that might be struggling with mental health and to try and change the current approach that we take to mental health in the workplace. So I'm um, also a, a HR Ninjas ambassador. I know there's probably a lot of HR Ninjas in this group today. Um, so, so, you know, I'm, I'm here to, to lead the session. And then I'm joined by Zoe as well. Zoe, do you want to give you a little intro?
1: Yeah, hi guys. I'm Zoe. I'm the head of HR for Every Mind at Work. So um, we've been we've been on this journey now, gosh, for just uh, just on a year now. I can't believe it. It's it's been a year that we've been uh, that we've been doing this and, and trying to help as as many people as, as possible. So as as Paul says, you know, we're a real small but very passionate team that uh, that are looking to try and give as much value as possible and, and obviously reach as many people as as, as we can to, uh, you know, to spread the word and and, re- and reduce the stigma around mental health. So, yeah, brilliant to see so many of you joining. So, yeah, hope you hope you enjoy this session.
0: And there's lots of ninja love coming in, lots of HR ninjas joining. So um, good to see you all here today. And, and like we said, you know, when it comes to mental health in the workplace, what we try and do is is bring the human side to it, right? You know, how many times have we been told to, to leave our personal problems at home and don't bring them to the workplace. And um, definitely that's what we're going to be discussing today of how do we bring mental health to the forefront specifically in the workplace as well. So last month, if you joined our session, we were talking about Mental Health Awareness Week and what you can do. Mental Health Awareness Week starts on the 10th. So next week's a Monday. Myself, which isn't very good for my mental health, I've got 20 sessions next week. Um, however, anytime that I can share my story and try and help people I'll, I'll jump at the chance. And equally, we're very busy working with lots of clients. Mental Health Awareness Week, of course, is definitely One of the biggest focuses when it comes to mental health throughout the year and we gave away a free resource in terms of a PDF that you can send your employees as well as five daily emails to send. Sharon says the mental health awareness resource is fantastic. Brilliant. Um, Anita says the PDF is great. We've made sure to include it in all of our resources and be available for sharing. So thank you. Amanda says it's a fab pack. Good stuff, guys. So all you need to do is go to that link. It's a really long link. I do apologize. Um, <laughs> Sam. if you're on the call, can you just copy the link in? Um, everymindatwork.com forward slash mental hyphen help, hyphen awareness, hyphen week, hyphen 2021. Um, Sam will put the link in there, guys, um, for you to be able to access. You can download the PDF, copy the um Copy the emails there it is that Sam's just put in yeah. and you can obviously utilize that to your advantage. So um, this week we are going to be giving away some more resources that will help you with the return to work. Um, so stay tuned to the awards at the end of this webinar and we'll be giving you access to them as well. So when it comes to, um, says the link's not working, um, Sam, we'll have a little look into that and we'll sort it out. Maybe you've just bombarded it, guys, and it's, it's <laughs> out. Um, but if you need access to it, I can send it to you after this session for sure. So how might employees be feeling about the return to work? So I'm gonna put this question out to you, um, and then me and Zoe are gonna discuss as well. But how do you feel like your employees are feeling about the return to work? Um, put in the chat box, what emotions do you feel like they're experiencing? Um, Zoe, what do you think employees are feeling right now?
1: Yeah, I, I think a whole host of, of emotions. I, I think a whole year of, of this now where working practices have, have completely been turned on the head. Um, you know, employees have been afforded so much more flexibility with how they can sort of, you know, construct their days. So I think, I think even the thought of perhaps going back um, you know, even even sort of part time or a bit of a hybrid approach. I, I still that I still that it's still going to come with a lot of trepidation around. You know, what will the office be, or the or the or the working environment, whatever it is that you've originally um, worked at, and just they've probably got a million and one questions around. You know, capacity and are we even allowed to come in full time? Um, and and there's going to be obviously a huge difference in those people that maybe want to return to it because for the for their mental health they they want that interaction they want that face-to-face um you know connectivity whereas you've then got a whole host of other people that are probably um, worried that they're going to perhaps lose the flexibility that they've had during lockdown and are worried about you know things to do with childcare care and, and all, all all manner of things that perhaps may have been made a little bit easier during lockdown but yeah i, th- I think it's probably it's probably huge and and i think a lot if a lot of companies are, are sort of waiting for for that sort of June deadline of, of, of the end of June, that they're probably still processing what what that could potentially look like.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah that's something that we're going to discuss today, you know, rather than waiting, how do we approach this in a proactive way? Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people's emotions that they've shared in the chat box echo that, you know, there was lots, they all come in pretty quick guys, um, mixed emotions I kept seeing, you know, like the first day of school, um mixed emotions for different people you know as we said it isn't going to be a one-size-fits-all for sure lots of people feel anxious uncertain um i saw one there was it. anna ferguson worried about lockdown puppies which made me, made me- <laughs> um but yeah there's definitely like we say you know difficult situations that employees mm. will be experiencing and i think as an organization hr you can't just expect every employee to be feeling a certain way. You know, that chat box, as we've just seen and what you've kind of highlighted, it's going to be very individual to all, right? And employees are going to fear returning to an unsafe environment. Employees are going to fear the commute, potentially. Um, Mm. You know, those that might not even have struggled with social anxiety in the past might still be feeling a little bit anxiety around the commute and how safe it is and equally you know it's a brand new experience right for a lot of them for a long time anxious about mixing with people again separation anxiety from the home um, you know from children from um, lockdown puppies as we've seen (laughs) separation anxiety again is uh, emotions that are going to be experienced as we transition back into the workplace Um, changes to a job role or ways of working and the results of new practice being adopted. Um, This morning I delivered a two hour workshop on resilience and a lot of that speaks about change, right? How do you Mm. manage change and deal with change and um, embrace change? And I think a lot of employees will struggle with that and equally losing the increased flexibility which was in place during lockdown. So there's lots of emotions that can come with this. And I think just to highlight the importance of this session today, no one said the same answer, right? No one just said, yeah. they're going to be anxious, they're going to be anxious, they're going to be anxious. Yeah. Everyone was sharing something different. And, and we have yeah. to look at this in, in a very individual way. Um, equally, there's a duty of care. And, and sorry, I'll leave this up to you because this is definitely more in, in, more, more in your core. Um, but employees obviously have a duty of care, right? To, to, to look at this in a, in a proactive way.
1: Yeah, and, and I think so many other things sort of come into, into the mix here, don't they? So obviously your normal duty of care around health and safety at work, um, you know, under normal circumstances, you, you'd you be doing you know risk assessments um, that cover, you know, the work environment and display screen equipment and all, all of that good stuff, or it might be manual handling or something to do with equipment if, if, if you're perhaps in a, in a factory or or a warehouse. But I think this, I think hybrid or blended working, whatever we, we end up calling it, um, um, is going to throw up so many new questions around. Well, actually, what's our duty of care in in, in the home? Um, you know, just because those employees are at home doesn't mean that that, that duty of care disappears. Um, and, and, and as we all know, they everybody's going to be different, and 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 what is. Um, you know, good, in inverted commas, but for one employee may not necessarily be, um, you know, good for for somebody else. So I think keeping up those conversations and, and, and making sure that, um, dialogue is, is is had around you know are there any reasonable adjustments that might be required you know if somebody is going to remain working at home maybe for three days a week you know are they set up correctly you know have they got a decent chair have they got a decent desk you know they're not sort of sitting cross-legged on a, on a couch or whatever because although we might have let that slide a bit during lockdown i think going forward um you know particularly the health and safety executive and if any audits are carried out i, I think that the onus is is obviously going to be on sort of HR and health and safety teams to make sure that all of that is in place. Um, and then you put the mental health lens on top of it all, and it's obviously a huge, huge topic that that needs to be covered. Um, and it's not going to be fixed overnight. I, I, I suspect that these... The, these issues are going to go on for a number of weeks, probably months whilst we navigate through. How, how do we actually make this work and how do we involve employees and make sure that all those choices aren't taken away from them? Because I, I think somebody said in the chat box before around, you know, that element of choice and where people work and, you know, do they feel safe? Do they feel safe commuting? Um, you know, do they want more, um, literally more, more flexibility or want to retain that flexibility? You know, Unless you have those conversations, what we're guessing really aren't we And trying to fill the gaps yeah so yeah i think there's a lot a lot to be done um and you know as ever a lot of that falls on hr's shoulders doesn't it unfortunately
0: yeah you know that you know that too well right and i think you touched on which was that proactive over reactive approach and and what a lot Mm. of employees will do is they'll They'll just wait until an issue arises. So when we return back to work, we'll we'll do what we need to do and then we'll wait until an issue arises. And I think this is, you know, definitely most common when it comes to mental health and well-being, in the fact that so many employees will, you know neglect responsibility of mental health of their employees because they don't feel like they have a mental health problem they'll only then do yeah. something about it when there is a crisis situation when there's something that they have to react to right and i think you know what we're going to be highlighting just a minute with these five ways that ushr can minimize employee anxiety is is you have to do it in a proactive way, right? You have to do it in a yeah. proactive way. Let's do it as early as possible so we can avoid situations from potentially arising, um, specifically in the long run. And that's what we're really all about is, is that proactive approach. And, and you can almost learn from the strategy that you've probably heard me talk about before, which is the free p strategy, which for us is the strategy that we help um, employers with when it comes to mental health in the workplace. You know, lots of them will, implement different tools and different initiatives, but they won't have any strategy behind it. And I think this here is a great example of that in the fact that if we can promote positive conversations, if we can try to provide tools and solutions to help minimize employee anxiety as we return back to work, in reality of it, we're hopefully having less people that we need to protect that we're then reacting to that might be in that crisis situation. So it's about trying to take a more proactive approach to this, guys. Um, And again, as we say, we're going to be diving into that from now. So five ways that you as HR or you within an organization that wants to support your employees can obviously do to minimize employee anxiety. A proactive approach, not a reactive approach. So what we're going to do with these guys is um, we're going to highlight each way. Me and Zoe will then sort of share our own opinions of them However, I want you to blow up the chat box in terms of your opinions. Mm -hmm. You know, you're all experts here as well. So we want to hear from you in terms of what you're doing or what you've done in the past with your business that can help us with each of these ways as well. And hopefully that will help others too. So the first way that we're looking at the first tip is to be clear with any communications and set expectations as early as possible. Now. A lot of the work that we do specifically with employees is trying to gather some insight and data into how they're feeling. And what we've sort of seen is employees are feeling uncertain. Employees don't have clarity on, as Zoe said, what does the, the workplace look like? How is that going mm-hmm. to change? What's the commute going to be like? You know. Um, how am I going to interact with my employees? Some people started a new job in lockdown and I've never met anyone. Mm. So again, you know, there's lots of uncertainty and anxiety. And, and what we need to do as, as employers is be clear with our communications to set expectations as early as possible and, and really to kind of lead authentically, right? And I think in terms of when you're looking at a roadmap, ensuring that that timeline, that roadmap, for you as an organization has has been made clear. You've obviously got the government roadmap that everyone's kind of sticking to. However, when it comes to your own roadmap as a business, your own timeline, it's going to be unique to you. Um, We work with many companies in different industries and I think some people have seen, some are always working, right? You know, not much has changed in terms of them going to work as we normally would in the physical sense. Whereas there's other organizations that have adopted a work from home model and they're actually now questioning, do I need an office? Do we need to adopt everyone working back into the the office as well? So create your own roadmap, create your own timeline and communicate that in the best way as you possibly can to your employees. So they're all clear with the the expectations um, as well. And, And the final point for me, and then Zoe will jump in and we'll share some of your points. I think encourage business leaders to share openly and honestly about how they're feeling about this. You know it's important that we empower employees to be open and honest about how they're feeling but i think when we encourage business leaders to talk about the experiences they've had or the emotions that they're feeling the anxiety that they're feeling going back into the workplace it can set that tone for the rest of the employees to feel more comfortable to do so as well so i think as hr as a company the more clear you can be with your communications the, the quicker you can set expectations for your employees, the less uncertainty they're going to feel. Um, Zoe, what have you got to add on yeah.
1: Yeah, I was just I would I would echo a couple of the points there that Georgie and Chantal just made around um, you know employee surveys and, and literally gauging you know what they're thinking because I guess it's a two way uh, thing, isn't it? I mean I sort of call it you know reducing the, the the unknowns. I think in the in the absence of clarity, people tend to fill the gaps themselves, don't they? And, and I think you may not have all the answers at the moment. You may not have a perfect roadmap for opening up and you know a perfect sort of solution for high working or or agile working whatever that might look like but I think you need to take steps don't you to to, you know elicit that information get some get some feedback and then start to engage with employees around you know how could we make it work we know it's not going to be perfect we know it's going to be probably iterated over the next six months but we need to start somewhere and I think if you've got opinions if you've if you've got mechanism for trying to uh, you know, try. I guess trying to compromise. Really, you're not going to please absolutely everybody. We know that. But I think if you can make inroads and in, in, into make, making sure that that roadmap. Um, is at least, you know, communicated, has some proximate dates on it, that you look at, you know, capacity planning, you look at, I guess you look at ways of working around meetings and, and you know, if, if you normally have huge face-to-face meetings, clearly that's not gonna necessarily work going forward. So just o- almost like, you know, rules of engagement, isn't it really, around how do we think things are gonna work around here going forward? and w- And if we were to adopt those types of principles, what would people's you know, concerns be around that? And it's literally going back and forth, isn't it, until you land on something that, that you think, do you know what, we can trial this now. It's not perfect, but, let, but let's but let see how we get on. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be an iterative process, I, I, I think, definitely.
0: Yeah, and I think there's just, I want to echo what Suzanne said. She said, um, Survey HR rang all staff at home. We were one-to-one, getting individual concerns yeah. prior to the roadmap. Looked at individuals' circumstances we had a weekly ceo email with what's changing the ceo is clear with what is on offer most are excited to be returning hybrid working and done another survey on how they're feeling well we'll talk about this more later but that check-in should not be neglected you know instead of us as hr as a, an organization guessing what our employees feel and guessing what they want we have to get some data back in terms of how they're feeling um you know, a a client that we work with, they had an individual, it wasn't HR, just reach out to as many employees as possible, jump on a quick Zoom call with them, ask them how they're feeling, collated their thoughts anonymously, shared it with HR, shared it with the senior management team, and was like, here's how your employees are feeling, here's how we're feeling. And that was so insightful for the business to then make their own roadmap, to make their own decisions based upon how they were going to return to the work Mm -hmm. um, and minimize employee anxiety. So it's, you know, surveys are kind of, you know, as we say, Um, you know, often overlooked and, you know, we're not always going to get everyone answering them, but there's other ways that we can do that. As we say, can we embed uh, anonymous polling via a sort of session that we do? Whatever it is, try and get as much feedback as possible and then use that um, in terms of planning out your roadmap as well. Um, So, do you want to take number two?
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, around sort of providing continued guidance and, uh, and ensuring reasonable adjustments are considered there. I think, you know, we've we've got to try and smooth this transition as as much as possible we know there's going to be heightened anxiety we know that people are going to have you know a million and one questions around around their ways of working around their patterns around flexibility that type of thing that they might even have questions around you know has my has my job role changed in any way or will it because of a return to the workplace so i think i think making sure that you know you've got all the health and safety side boxed off and and that's one sort of area to to minimize the anxiety but then all the other all the other sort of questions they might have around you know can i flex my start and finish times for example you know can i retain some of that flexibility that i've had during lockdown because actually going back into the workplace and working you know monday to friday 9 to 5 that is just not going to work for all these reasons and and so you know again having those wellbeing check-ins and just having that conversation i mean if you know if if you're a company with thousands and thousands of employees obviously that one-to-one is is going to be um you know a far more difficult exercise to you know to pull off it's it's not it's not impossible because obviously you'll have line managers and and you'll have everybody that could that could sort of share that burden but i think as much as possible getting that information and then turning that into action around you know what can we do with flexibility what can we do what what can we do to almost like head off you know a million and one formal flexible working requests because i think what what you don't want is to be on the back foot with an influx of those type requests and people saying i need an adjustment here or i need <coughs> flexibility there if you can head that off and almost be proactive in 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 sort of saying well we know that flexibility is going to be a problem how can we deal with it you know can we work in, in a more agile way and, 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 and sort of build in that that, that remote working um, and as long as we've got the health and safety implications sorted and we've got you know some really good comms some really good check-in practices you know we could we can trial it and, and, and I think that's all you can sort of agree to at the moment, isn't it? It's new for everyone, and anything that you put in place, it could be with the caveat that you know you'll you'll trial it over over a period of a few months and just see if it works. Because yeah. I guess ultimately. It's got to work operationally, hasn't it? You know, you can you can wrap all this support around the employees, you can you can you can have as many, you know, well being check-ins, you can be as flexible and, and, and supportive as possible, but ultimately if that doesn't work for the business and sort of, you know, the commerciality and, and operational requirements, it's it's got to be addressed, it's got to work for both, hasn't it? So you've got to have that sort of commercial lens on it too.
0: Yeah.
1: But yeah, there's definitely definitely steps that could be taken.
0: And I think, you know, just to echo what Zoe said there as well, it's 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 understanding that this plan that you're creating, the proactive strategies that you're going to put in place, you know, it's, it's very rare that it's going to be 100% right. Um, mm-hmm. It's about how you adapt to that, how you learn from that. Um, put a no in the chat box and be honest if what you've done during this whole pandemic period um, has been a hundred percent right. Put no if you haven't done <laughs> everything right. Because again, you know, when you're looking at that, um, lots of no's coming in. And it's it's good to see because we're all humans, we're all mm. gonna make mistakes, but what's important is we're gonna learn from that. So yeah. you know, that roadmap that we create is is going to be something that we feel with the data that we have, with the education that we have, with the sign off from senior senior leaders that we have is gonna be the best option. However, there's gonna be mistakes, there's gonna be stuff that we might have to adapt to, and it's being able to provide that continued guidance um, throughout the way as well. So um, definitely when it comes to this, there's a lot of key points that was coming in too. Um, You know, for me, it's about knowing that you are going to have to adapt. You're gonna have to continue to listen. Um, And I think when you're looking at surveys, and Zoe's got more experience in this than I have, when you're looking at surveys, don't just do a survey now, get some data and then forget about another survey. You know continuously trying to engage with your employees like you say whether it's check-ins whether it's surveys whatever it is have conversations with them to find out how they're feeling throughout this transition back um and continue to adapt and evolve from there as well um we had this one Zoe which you'd like but EEs expect HR to have all the answers
1: <laughs> but we know everything don't we <laughs> obviously
0: <laughs>
1: yeah it's it, it's tough isn't it? It, it it's tough because you know a lot of us are probably generalists i mean i'm 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 certainly a generalist and but yeah you're absolutely right we are expected to know everything about everything and put in plat, you know place a perfect people solution which it doesn't exist so yeah i would you know if it were me i'd i'd be sort of almost like having a caveat that you know this is we're, we're in uncharted water us now aren't we um you know we have to trial things but as a business we are we are not um you know we cannot give a cast iron commitment now that everything will remain the same we have to trial it we have to see if it works operationally and we have to you know flex those requirements and you might have to pivot if it doesn't work um you know ultimately the 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 business has has got to be successful has got to be able to carry out all its goals and objectives and if and if those ways of working aren't working for the business then something has to be done about that it can't just be one-sided so it's getting that balance right
0: yeah for sure I'm um, sharon says good point surveys fall short if you do not feed the information back to employees and explain mm-hmm. what we can and cannot do and why Yeah, you know, we had um you know again when you're looking at surveys and that kind of information being fed back employees will sit there and say "Right, what are you going to do about it now and it's about that you know yeah. as we say, that clear communication as well um the third tip <clears throat> Apologies. The third tip is further management training as well. And there was a question that came in about how do we get senior leaders to be more flexible, right? And and this point will hopefully touch on that as well. But for me, when you're looking at management training, the way we look at promote, provide, protect is for a lot of organizations, they go, when it comes to mental health, top down. Let's train our managers because then if they're equipped to deal with difficult conversations, to spot signs, et cetera, Everyone who's a direct contact to them is going to be able to be supported. Now, what they forget is that promote side, which is addressing stigma, empowering all employees, whether you're a manager or not, to speak openly about mental health. You know, just because my manager is equipped with some training on mental health does not change the fact that I don't feel comfortable talking to him so or her. So it's really about creating more of an open culture. Now, when it comes to further management training for this, I think it could be doing some training with line managers to look at, how do you notice anxiety at work? How can you spot the signs? Equally, what we do sessions on is knowing your responsibility. How do you, as a line manager, have more confidence to know if one of my colleagues is struggling, to have confidence to ask, to have confidence to listen, and then more importantly, know where to signpost that person to to further support them. So I think some training around that will be very you know, important to help employees that might be dealing with anxiety as they transition back as well. I think as well, it's also making sure that your senior leaders, your business leaders are educated and supported themselves as well. Coming back to that question of how do I get a senior leader to buy into flexibility and well-being? It's a difficult question. Um, However, I believe education is the key. You know, senior leader or not, they're a human being. And if we can phrase this in a human way, they might see it in a different way whenever i'm doing talks on mental health especially with senior leaders if you come at it from a very mental health place their association with mental health is something that they might not want to discuss they might want to be put mm. off right? however when you come at it from a human place you know they've all got emotions they all have faced different you know challenges in their own experiences in their own life and we have to educate them to see it in a different way so i think education and, and doing sessions with them is is massively important as well you know resilience training giving them the tools to help themselves and help others is massively important as well. Um, But yeah, for me, Zoe, with, with management training, it's purely education, equipping them with the tools to be able to support their teams as well.
1: Yeah. And I think it's a comp I've noticed it's often a confidence thing as well. You sort of think if you're, you know, very high up in the organization, you know, you're a a director that's been doing this, type of thing for like 20 years or whatever I think it's almost like um you know sometimes a, a perception that you know you are you are able to handle anything from a leadership perspective that's thrown at you but as you've quite rightly put you know men, mental health and well-being is 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 a serious topic and they're not experts you know they're not they're not medical practitioners they're not they're not sort of health and safety experts so they they, they need to be educated trained coached. you know wh- whatever that is to, to give them the confidence to even have those Preliminary conversations, you know, we're not saying that they're going to be an expert overnight, but things like spotting the signs, you know, having that um, you know, self-awareness and resilience themselves can just support in having those conversations. And it's just it's just taking the first steps, isn't it? It's it's not going to all fall into place overnight, but just having those well-being check-ins and having the confidence to be able to say, you know, well, I know I can spot some signs, I know I can sort of offer you know almost like a friendly ear i can signpost i know where to go to um if i need additional support or external um you know tools or 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 information so i think it's just equipping them isn't it to have that confidence
0: yeah for sure um we had someone ask where we they could get some training like this um Feel free to reach out, we deliver resilience training, resilience workshops, senior management training, looking at mental health, um, as long as other webinars and sessions. And then also had um, Val who says that they went through our champion course, which is a free course. Again, we'll link up to that after this session um, and said that our senior management team went through the course and it was well received. So. For me, it's really about the education piece when it comes to managers mm-hmm. and equipping them with the right tools. And that will help minimise employee anxiety as we move back. Policies, procedures and revisiting risk assessment. Zoe, I'm leaving. <laughs> this is not, this is not yeah. in my court. This is in your court.
1: <laughs> yeah, our, our, our lovely friend, the, the policy and everything. I think, yeah, no- <sighs> From an, from an HR perspective, this is this that this, this, this is like the serious side, isn't it? And and although a lot of HR professionals probably want to you know chuck the handbook or whatever out the window and have something far more flexible, I think unfortunately when you're dealing with health and safety and, and, you, and you've got you know potential claims or tribunals or anything looming because you haven't perhaps um, handled things, I think it's it it, it it it's you need to be in a good place. Don't you to be able to cross the eyes and 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 dot the t. Um, cross the T's and dot the I's and and have that audit trail so that if something does happen and I think that's where uh, you know we touched on it before about you know homeworking and health and safety and flexibility and you know I suspect that there will be an influx of formal flexible working requests and, and I think it's just you know is, is your model set up to, to cope with that you know you, you're not under any obligation to agree to them all obviously but you are under an obligation to review them you know look at the categories look at are, are there any alternatives are there any options or, or compromises that you could reach so that you do give a formal response to that so i think if you're proactive and looking okay well how could flexibility work how could agile or remote working or, or a hybrid approach work how, how could we build that into our model so i think absolutely look at you know look look, look at that first before you get inundated with, with those requests and i think on the more serious side of um, you know, making sure that those risk assessments have, have been done. Um, we obviously we, we we I think it was last month, wasn't it, Paul, that we um, that we advertised the that the mental wellbeing risk assessment that we that we pulled together. And and I think from a health and safety perspective, that that is a generic assessment that could be used. So if anybody is looking to revisit their their types of risk assessments, so this 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 wouldn't be appropriate for you know again looking at you know I don't know man, manual handling or all those types of physical risks but from a well-being perspective this this is definitely a document that you could use to to really look through your you know your, your practices your culture your your sort of training your comms etc etc and make sure that you've got measures in place that would mitigate those types of mental health risks um, I mean I personally spoke to um you know health and safety specialists around this and and, and really drilled down into you know for, from a health and safety exact perspective would would this cover us we We know that duty of care talks about mitigating stress. But the the feedback that I got and the, and the research that we did was very much around you know you, you need a risk assessment to to make sure it covers all those generic elements, not just stress, because we, we we obviously know there's so many other um, you know challenges that individuals have, and I think if you do something like this, it's it, it, it's really i guess it's your working document to to be able to safely say you know we've tried to mitigate every possible risk um we've we've tried to put in as many supportive measures as as possible so i'd I'd definitely have a have a look at that have a look at your home working policy um we touched on that before you know if if individuals are going to carry on working from home is that safe? Is it conducive to, um, you know, to, to working seven or eight hours a day? Have they got the correct equipment, etc.? Don't assume that that they're sort of out of sight, out out of mind, because we've still got that duty of care and, and we still have to adhere to all of that. Yeah. So, yeah, probably quite a bit of a bit of work to do there. I just noticed someone, um, Paul, was asking about downloading the, the risk assessment. Yeah, I've seen, a couple, the people,
0: website, seen, a, seen a couple of people come in there. Yeah, so we've got um, the Workplace Mental Wellbeing Risk Assessment, as Zoe mentioned. Um, again, I just think Sam is going to be inundated, but Sam, if you can link <laughs> up to it. Um, Les- Leslie has already. Um, You're probably going to crash the website again, guys. Um, (laughs) However, Leslie's commented it there and Sam's going to do it as well. It's just everymanatwork.com forward slash free hyphen risk hyphen assessment. And you can just go and download that for free. So um, there's some good feedback coming in as well, which is really good to see. Zoe, in terms of people using it and saying it was really good. Um, And it's been sort of helpful as well. So, yeah, guys, it's another free resource if you want to to download that and use it too. I just quickly, I I won't share anything on this because this is way out of my comfort zone to talk about policies. Um, However, there was a comment that I want to read from Emma that said, I see policies and procedures as a huge benefit if done well. They protect and enhance both EE and ER, ERs, right? So again, when you're, Zoe, explain EE and ERs because
1: yeah, well, I mean, obviously, ultimately, you know, obviously, ultimately, you want to you want to try and mitigate, um, you know, any any issues that you might have. Be that I don't know bullying and harassment, you know, respect at work, that that type of thing. I mean, we all know that sort of you know equality, diversity, and inclusion, and such massive important topics at the moment. So you know, we need to have things in in place to protect employees but also from an employee relations er side of things you know we, we need to make sure that we're protected as well so although policies can sometimes appear a bit punitive and, and a bit and i guess it's all in, in the style and how you write them and they can be softened to, to sort of link in with your culture and how you'd normally be talking to employees but but yeah unfortunately whilst we, we have a culture of of sort of litigation and, and and employees perhaps not being happy about things you know you can try and be a, a supportive and have a really, really supportive culture, but ultimately, if something happens that's perhaps beyond your control or somebody's subjected to, you know, bullying or harassment or that type of thing, you, you need to have a procedure in place to protect them and so that they know that they can raise that in confidence that, uh, uh, and they feel, um, it, you know, uh, I guess that, that they feel as though they have a support mechanism in, in, in place uh, and, and can use the procedure that is available to them.
0: So there you go, guys, I'm learning as well. We have got people in the chat box telling me what it means. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think I think it's a really valid point, as you say, when you're looking at policies, it's it's there to protect you and it's equally there to kind of you know help you navigate a lot of these more difficult subjects as well. Um, finally, before we move on to tip five, I don't know about you, Zoe, but I love the fact that everyone's kind of sharing ideas and resources. Yeah, that's great. And, um, you know, I know from the Ninjas group, and I'm sure Zoe will echo this from her experience, you know, HR can kind of feel, I guess, quite lonely. And sometimes you can feel, mm-hmm. what's the word? Um Imposter syndrome, right? Where yeah. you're tasked with loads, and sometimes you feel like you're having to to deal with all that on your own. So, um, mm. like a thankless task. I'm um, <laughs> it. Overwhelmed. Amanda explains it. So, yeah, just seeing everyone kind of share their own opinions and equally as well share different resources is really, really good to see as well. Yeah. So the it, final it's one. Probably the, go on.
1: It's probably the most challenging year, though, Paul, isn't it? I, I suspect that 2020 was probably the most challenging year of anyone's career i reckon yeah so it's i I think if they can get through that they can get through anything
0: yeah for sure i agree um so the final point culture and conversations so again this is something that we do a lot in terms of the work that we do with the organizations that we work with is how do we create a new culture how do we empower employees to feel like they can be open and honest about how they're feeling because when we're talking about getting data, doing check-ins, finding out what employees want. None of that works if you have a very negative, judgmental, silent culture, and there's no conversations allowed to be had. So I think it's empowering employees to kind of challenge those stigmas, to share their own stories, to share the emotions that they've experienced. And again, I've seen it happen time and time and time again. We really believe in, in the method of champions, you know, getting champions in the business. So mental health, and well-being doesn't just come from HR, right? It comes from you know employees sharing their own story and championing it as well. And if we can empower those employees to do so, it will have a massive impact on removing those barriers, that stigma that surrounds mental health. You know, conversations with check-ins they should be you know, done more often, but equally, instead of performance reviews, we should be looking at how do we implement check-ins in terms of mental health and well-being to find out how employees are feeling. And, and I think when we're looking at stigma as a whole, it is just about the way I explain it is mental health stigma in the workplace is this huge brick wall. And you're stood there with a tiny little kid's hammer, right? One of those little plastic hammers. And you're just knocking away at this wall and you're chipping away at it and chipping away at it and chipping away at it and chipping away at it. And And I saw someone say earlier, one of the tips that they gave was comms, comms, comms. Like the more you chip away at it, the more employees start to share, the more comms you send, the more training you do. With time, that culture will start to change. So I think this for me, and I'm going to be biased here, Zoe, is one of the most important ones because how can we look at reducing employee anxiety if we don't make employees feel safe to talk about their anxiety It just amplifies the problem you know i've been there as well so yeah definitely if you're looking at how do you address culture and conversations um, you know that's going to help in, in in itself um zoe what would you add to this
1: yeah and and i mean in in some of the research that we did you know i was quite shocked to find that um a stat was quoting that 25 percent of of, i think it was a couple of thousand employees that that took place in a in a a cipd poll um said that they hadn't received a single well-being check-in during the whole of lockdown and I just thought that was that was shocking. So you, you you like to think that those comms and those conversations would be you know would be in place, but you know that as a bit of a snapshot. Okay, it's only a certain amount of people, but you know a quarter of those people said that they you know didn't receive anything, and I and I sort of think you know if 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 we learn anything from from all of this it's it's the importance of that sort of connectivity isn't it and having those conversations and checking in on people and 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 just supporting that that sort of re- reduction um in stigma and because as you say if people don't feel safe and they don't feel as if they're going to be supported then they're not going to have the confidence to speak up i just saw somebody in the chat box then saying about their ceo sharing um you know their own experience that can be so powerful i mean we've had that on the app haven't we paul where there have been personal stories of 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 sort of leaders you know in in the company and it's just a little little bit of an icebreaker and, and and just gives them um gives them confidence um For those of you that follow um, a guy called Ollie Magnus on, um, on LinkedIn, he's, he's fabulous at that. I don't know whether anybody follows him, but he's, he shares stuff and he's so vulnerable and, you know, he's got a huge following now, but it just shows the power and, um, in, in, in sort of, you know, leading by example, I guess, and and showing that vulnerability because it, it, it makes it okay for other people to do it. So yeah. yeah and it, it supports that culture as well that the culture is huge and that's probably one of the most difficult things to change and it and again it's not going to happen overnight but you've just got to take small steps haven't you and and hope that it 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 makes inroads
0: yeah and i think with this one the reason why i strongly believe employees have ignored it is because there is no there's no golden ticket right to um to create a better culture. So what I mean by that mm. is, there's, there's no, I think someone said it, there's no one size fits all. There's no quick fix. It is purely just building momentum and building momentum. And and a lot of it comes down to those more simplistic human approaches that we can take. You know, um, mm-hmm. Leslie said, she's heard lots of horror stories about being people told people being told you're on furlough um, last month March, yes. and literally having nothing from their employer since. Um, mm. And, you know, also when you're looking at kind of, as we said, that that negative culture and that judgment and me feeling very silent and mm-hmm. I have to deal with this on my own, it makes it more difficult. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I would highly say if you're looking to improve this, lots of you are saying it, try and get stories. You know, whether it's the CEO, whether it's an employee. Mm-hmm. Um, Fran says they use a short story sharing in their employee bulletin. Um, we're hosting a session with one of our clients on Mental Health Awareness Week. That launches the resilience training that we're doing, which has their employees. You know, their employees mm-hmm. that I'm facilitating, but it's on them. It's them sharing their own experiences and what they see resilience is, and times they've had to be resilient. So, it's making it employee-led, and and I feel like mm-hmm. that has a massive impact on on changing culture too. Um, So lots and lots of chats coming in, which is good to see. And we're going to be opening up the questions in just a minute. But just to quickly go through important things to remember, guys, flexibility is key. Um, Remember the areas, um, sorry, remember the areas such as flexibility go hand in hand with well-being. Talk to employees, find out what might help them again flexibility in terms of can you give a little bit more leeway in terms of when i go back to the office because i still want to do the school run in the mornings or whatever it is mm-hmm. you know if we just have this blanket one size fits all approach it's going to not help some people um also i also saw someone talk about extroverts before you know there's this almost mm-hmm. the extroverts will be fine because they'll come back to the office and all will be okay but still that's a very yeah. it's too simplistic if you're looking at it like that we have to offer flexibility mm-hmm. and freedom because that's going to really, really benefit employees. Um, you're never gonna be able to please everyone. Again, that's something I think to remember, but just try and take those small positive steps in the right direction. So again, you know the, the roadmap that you're going to create, the ideas that you're gonna come up with, you're not gonna please everyone. But however, as long as you feel like it's the best thing to do, and like we've said, adapt and learn to change over the time, um, just do your best. That's all we can really do. And that's all we've been doing for the last 18 months or whatever. Um, encourage the use of well-being and wellness action plans and well-being check-ins. Again, don't make those you know, well-being check-ins go overlooked. It's very simple. It's free. doesn't cost anything. It's just embedding it in the right places. And finally, gathering data from your employees, constantly listening to them, constantly finding out how you can better the support. And and adapting to that, you know, don't just come up with a solution that you feel is right or the business feels is right without listening to your employees, the people that are experiencing this anxiety experiencing those emotions. And that data is really, really key as well. So when it comes to that, guys, what we've done is we've given some more free stuff and um, Sam's putting loads of free stuff in there. And what we've done is we've created a HR guide called how to help employees who are anxious to return to the workplace. This is a a PDF for you which gives you some more suggestions and more tips off the back of today's sessions, which you can go through. It's a a PDF that you can go through and it's going to give you some advice as well. Now we're going to be sending that out tomorrow to everyone who's attended this session. However, if you don't want to wait, just drop paulm at everymindatwork.com an email. You can see it there. paulm at everymindatwork.com an email. And what we're going to do is we're going to send you that guide. Like I say, we will send it to everyone tomorrow. However, if you want it today, send that and we'll send it to you. We'll attach it to the email. Also, I'm gonna give you a thank you. (laughs) Um, We also have created some free materials to send your employees. So we wanna make your job a little bit easier. So what we've done is we've created these two graphics that you can attach to comms for all of your employees which are also going to potentially help as well. Um, one of them is getting back into the routine when um, returning to work. And you can kind of see there it's a 10 sort of step process, um, just some advice for them to have. And then we also have another, um, another, J- another image is um, returning to work and how to manage that anxiety. So whether it's speak to your manager, um, speak to a trusted colleague, you know, go easy on yourself. These are just emotions that we're experiencing and everyone's kind of feeling the same way. So not only are we giving you something for you that can hopefully help you, but here's something that you can obviously grab, send to your employees in an email, via Slack, whatever you do to communicate to them. And hopefully that's going to help as well. So email paulm at com, We'll get them sent over to you as soon as possible, but equally look at your inbox tomorrow. We'll send a replay to this session um, and also we'll send all of these resources as well. So um, it looks like they've gone down well, which is good to see. And um, I have to also say that I'm very grateful for my team who have put all these resources together. Um, So good stuff. So one last thing that I do wanna highlight and then we'll also take some questions is because this is a very difficult subject, and you know, there's lots that we've gone through in today's session. You might feel a little bit overwhelmed of what do we do next? What we're also doing is creating a return to workplace package, which we've started to roll out in some organizations as well. And the idea of this is to find out where your employees are struggling and then create personalized wellbeing support for them. And with this package, what we're actually doing is, for the first thing that we'll do is we'll do a short session with your employees and we'll find out where they're struggling the most. So we'll run a 30-minute session, a live session where I'll come in, I'll share my story, come in on Zoom or Teams or however you want me to do it. Um, I'll share my story, and then I'll encourage employees to anonymously vote and sh- tell me how they're feeling. It's a simple way of doing it. We use something called Menti, Mentimeter, you might have seen it before. And it's an anonymous way of finding out how are your employees feeling. By me being vulnerable by sharing my own story mm. it equally as well encourages them to do so as well then what we'll then do is take that data that's specific to you as a business we'll chat with you um, we'll use our business psychologist on our team to look at that data and then what we'll do is we'll suggest some sessions for you we'll run a further two well-being sessions that are online and again the topics will depend upon the data it could be resilience, it could be goal setting, it could be sleep, it could be mindfulness, it could be managing mental health, it could be having conversations about mental health. You know, There's so many sessions that we now run, but that will be dictated by the data that we get from that first session. So what you're gonna be getting with this is um, the 30-minute discovery webinar, which is the interactive session where I'll come in, I'll share my story, and I'll encourage others to do so as well anonymously. Then we'll do a 60 minute personalized webinar on one of those topics that we've already mentioned based upon the data. Then we'll then run a further 60 minute personalized session for your um, organization. So it's a a free session approach. We can do it across a month, depending on how you want to do it. And when it comes to this, the normal cost for this is 1300 pounds. But if you contact us today, we'll do it for 800 pounds. So 800 pounds to find out that data for us to manage that for our business psychologists to be able to give you some feedback on that and how you can better support them return to work. And then we'll deliver two future sessions to keep them um, engaged and keep them supported. Um, And we'll manage that all for you as well to save you that little bit of time too. So when it comes to um, these sessions, Another thing to note is it will also be recorded. You can share that recording internally. So if you don't feel like everyone's gonna attend them, we'll record the session, send it to you and you can share it internally, keep it there for people to see. Um, Friends asked the question as well, how many staff can you have on the webinar at one time? Our limit is 500. Um, So you can have up to 500 employees on that session at one time. And we keep them engaged, as I say, in an interactive way, an anonymous way to try and get that feedback and that data as well. Um, So, like I say, those sessions, it could be sleep, it could be resilience, it could be mindfulness. You know, there's so much that we deliver. Um, But for us, it's about making sure that it's what your employees want. That's the kind of approach that we take as well. So that's something that obviously you can um, reach out to us to find out more about in terms of who we've helped and sessions that we've delivered. And, you know, our companies that we partner with. Um, There's a couple here, you know, whether it's Accenture, Waits, Julius Baer, GB Ralph right there, a lot of our clients. Equally, um, I've done talks personally in Lloyd's TSB, um, Deloitte, Warner Brothers, um, Baker and McKenzie. So really just trying to help more and more organizations. Doesn't matter your size, if that's something that you think is going to be beneficial for you, then just reach out. All you need to do for that is again, just drop paulm at everymindatwork.com an email and let us know that you're interested in that package. And then we can make that happen for you as well. And again, our focus is that partnership not to just be a service provider, we actually wanna make real change. Um, It's very purpose driven what we do. We know that one size doesn't fit all and equally we know that you have very little time on your hands. Um, So we try and do as much as we can to to take that off your hands but still support your employees as well. Um, If you can't confirm today, no worries. Um, Just get back to me as soon as you possibly can and that offer will stand. Um, The earlier you can obviously get in touch the better because typically they'll fill up quite quickly as well. So um if you can't confirm today because of everything that you've got going on just reach out let's know you're interested and we'll take care of that for you as well. So what I want you to do now guys is put in the chat box what will you do after this session to help your employees manage the anxiety returning to work. Lots that we've gone through but equally what's the one thing that you're going to do after this session to help your employees manage the anxiety returning to work. Sorry what's the main one for you? What would you say is the most important one?
1: um i would say i would say communicate and, and be proactive about any changes i think even if you've not got the full story just communicate so that you know that the teams know that you're working on it and they know that more information will be to follow
0: yeah nice and um, lots of people saying communicate communicate keep conversations going honesty. Mm-hmm. And one thing I love about communication and lots of people forget this is communication is is listening as well, right? So, yeah. you know, it's about what we're communicating, but at the same time, it's listening, listening to our employees, communicating, listening to our employees, communicating and continuing that conversation on as well. Um, so yeah, lots of people saying that they're going to do something specific after this session, which is really, really positive to see. Now there's so many people on here this session. However, do any of you have any questions that you want to ask, even myself or Zoe, it could be related to this topic, could be related to mental health in the workplace. Have you got any questions? Put them in the chat box if you have. We've got a um, couple more minutes. Can I come and work? With
1: you? <laughs> what would you, you like me, to do? Drop me an email, Joe.
0: You know, drop me an email. <laughs> um, happy to, happy to chat for sure. Um, Do you run mental health first aid training? We do, we um, have trusted partners that deliver mental health first aid training. So if you wanna get in touch about that, we're happy to run that for you. Um, Equally, what we do a little bit different from other providers is we focus on the aftercare and the after support. So, you know, yes, here's how you can equip mental health first aiders into the business. We can run the two day course. However, the advice that we then give and the strategic partnership we then have is how do you embed those in the right way? so they're not just dormant in the business and no one's reaching out to them so yes if you want to find out more about that then definitely um reach out what education do you recommend we get for ourselves um sherry is that about mental health in particular um sorry just if you can elaborate how do you address the issues of senior leaders talking the talk but not walking the walk what do you think of that one zoe
1: Do you know what? You just have to keep on chipping away, don't you? I mean, I mean, some companies, you know, will will literally hardwire in, you know, well-being objectives and stuff like that. That's a little bit you know that that's a little bit stick isn't it but you, you you've, you've got to get them to buy into it haven't you ultimately you could be really prescriptive and say right we're going to build you know into your objectives we're going to build in well-being check-ins we're going to build in our, our engagement survey we're going to see what your scores are but that's that that is very much you know stick I, w- I would say try the <laughs> try the sort of carrot first with the with the buy-in and you know selling the benefits of it and almost like a softer approach to you, you know look at in what it could do for your engagement, your you know improvement in absenteeism, improvement in productivity. I'm thinking selling those benefits to leaders and really getting to the you know getting to the crux of how can it benefit you and your teams and doing it in a positive way. Um, you know, and eventually, if it doesn't work, I guess you could be you could be more directive with well, you're going to be measured on this now. But I think yeah. it'd be nicer to do it in a softer way.
0: Yeah, I think it's such a hard question because everyone's different, Mm. aren't they? But I think we should chip aware to try and educate them in different ways, try and communicate with them in different ways as well. Um, You know, all of that will hopefully help them start to realise the importance of it. Um, Someone says, great session, one of the better ones I've seen on this topic, appreciate that. Do you do anything about prevention rather than recognising or aftercare? Laura, can you elaborate on that? about prevention rather than recognising or aftercare. Uh, da, 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 da. Any tips on persuading senior ladies to share their journeys? They still don't have the confidence to share. Emily, I think if you can encourage one of them to do so, then mm-hmm. great. Um, one of the ways that I found that that works effectively is get someone external to come in and share their story. Um, vulnerability is quite contagious. So what I mean by that is I've found in the past when I share my story, it encourages one or two or three or five or ten or whatever others to then share their story and then you know that has the same domino effect of then encouraging others to do the same so um maybe someone external to come in and, and share um that sounds like i'm just plugging me which i'm not but um, <laughs> not you, <all. laughs> you, you can That's you know awesome. you, you can use an employee if you want it's entirely up to you however i think you know if, if they don't feel confident to do so then it's difficult but yeah it, it's just you know for me senior leaders it's just they're all human beings we just have to figure out a way yeah. of getting to the human side of them and then getting them to kind of, you know, be a bit more open about it as well. Yeah. Um, cool. I just want to come back to those. Emma says, what's your email address? Paul M at com. Um, I really want to get to the questions that I said I'll come back to, but guys, I don't know whether we're going to have time to finish them up. However, if you do have any specific questions, like I say, you can email me at any time and I'm happy to answer those questions in an email as well. Um, in terms of, as I say, the free comms or anything that you need, my email is there, paulm at work.com. If you want the return to work package, again, reach out, and then we can take care of that for you in terms of organising the sessions, making it happen. As I say, the normal cost for that is £1,300, but for £800, if you get in contact um, as soon as possible, we'll make that happen. Um, lots and lots of comments coming in, which is really good to see. We'll be running another session next week, next not next week, next month. Um, <laughs> which again, if you're um, signed up to this session, then you'll hopefully be automatically um, reminded to join next month's session. So um, first Wednesday at 1 p.m. of every month. And we'll let you know what the topic of is that next session as well. We'll be sending out the replay tomorrow. We'll be sending out the resources. We'll be sending out um, all of the free stuff that we've mentioned. So you should get that in an email tomorrow. Um, But just from me, thank you so much for joining. Really appreciate it. Any parting words from you, Zoe?
1: yeah no just thanks it's great to see so many uh people join and um yeah and a big shout out to the hr ninjas as well which uh is taking over taking over the, the world at, at the moment isn't it so nice to see so many of of you there too so yeah thanks for joining guys and have a great rest of your week special Hope shout out to sam as well lots of people
0: saying thanks to sam because sam was on 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 there to share the links when when he wasn't asked to share the link so um oh, bless <laughs> Um, well done, Sam. So thank you guys for joining and hopefully we'll see you all in next month's session. But like I say, I'll be emailing you tomorrow with a replay and looking forward to hopefully hearing from some of you as well. Bye right, guys, <laughs> enjoy the rest of your week. All right, see bye, you soon. guys, bye. Okay. bye.